Hi, everybody. First of all, I would like to apologize for the lateness of this podcast. It has been an incredibly busy couple of weeks with Christmas growing around and me trying to get everything I can done for work, and I just have, haven't had time to sit down and record. However, the first couple opening minutes of this podcast was me right after I watched the episode, and I was really amped up, and I wanted to get out something while I was you know, feeling it and, and ready to go. So the first couple minutes is me amped up uh, talking about it, and then I just decided to pick up the podcast, well, today, two days after the Mandalorian season two finale, which in my opinion is probably the best thing that I've ever seen. And I'll talk about it more with my brother on Tuesday, but I am extremely happy with how that episode turned out, and I am so happy for future Star Wars. So like I said, on Tuesday, my brother is jumping on with me, and we will be breaking down the episode like we normally do. I'm also going to ask him how he feels about all the new series and all the new news that just dropped. And then we are going to end the episode with talking about our favorite episodes in Season 2, ranking them from our least favorite to our favorite. And then after that, I'm hoping to get it edited and posted before Christmas. After that, I will be taking a hiatus from the podcast because in the next two months, uh, I am having a baby. Well, my wife is having a baby and uh, we have a ton of work to do from now until the end of February. I've talked about it a little bit before, but I've talked about how I am my current man cave or gaming setup, whatever you want to call it, is upstairs we are converting that room into my daughter's room, and I am moving my setup downstairs. We need carpet. We need to fix the electrical. I need to move all of my stuff down there. But my goal is when I come back to this podcast, it'll sound much more crisp, and the quality will be much better. I'm getting a couple things for Christmas, hopefully, that will go towards content creating and doing this podcast and making it better. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm just really excited to get back. But I have so much to do in two months. I've been extremely proud of myself. I've done a podcast every week for nine weeks. This will be, uh, I think, episode nine of the podcast. I'm really proud of myself because I, I have also talked about how I struggle with finding motivation and, and doing things on a consistent basis. So I hope this hiatus doesn't put me back into a state of not wanting to do it anymore, but uh, I'm having so much fun with it. I'm hoping that this time it'll be one of those things where I cannot wait to get back to the show. In the meantime, I will be posting every single day on the Twitter, at SarlaccPod. I think what I'm going to start doing, if maybe a little bit of news drops, I will be doing, I'll film a video, like a, maybe a one minute video, and then post it onto the pot, onto the Twitter account. And then you can always follow my personal account, at Brandon Callos. If we get news like we did a couple weeks ago and there is just crazy news and, and a bunch of updates, I will maybe jump on for maybe a 10 to 15 minute podcast and just get it out to you guys and, and talk to you how I feel. And of course, I will be talking about and retweeting all of the news that comes out on my Twitter page. So thank you guys so much for sticking with me for so long. If you have watched, listened to all nine episodes, I am so very grateful for you and I promise I will be back soon. So you'll have this podcast and then next week's breakdown of the season finale and then a little bit of a break, but I promise I will be back. So enough rambling. Enjoy my breakdown of chapter 15 of The Mandalorian, The Believer. Hello there, and welcome to the Sarlacc Pod. I'm your host, Brandon Kalos, and this is a Star Wars podcast.
I don't know how they keep doing it, but they do. They keep topping themselves every single episode. Back in episode 13 when we saw Ahsoka live action for the first time, I didn't think that I was going to see anything else like it. I'm the biggest Ahsoka fan. I talk about it every episode. Seeing her live action, seeing her with her white lightsabers just tear people up was phenomenal. And I didn't think that I was going to see anything better than that. And then chapter 14 comes and we got to see Boba Fett in his armor. We got to see Slave 1. And again, they topped themselves over episode 13. So after last week's episode, I'm like, okay, this is where this is where this is where it gets the best. They're not going to top this again. But then chapter 15 rolls around, and guess what? They did. This show keeps getting better and better, and it's so awesome to watch. That's why the news that we found out last week is so awesome because this franchise is in such good hands. They know what they're doing right now. Say what you want about the movies with Dave Filoni at the helm of these series and which I think he's probably going to produce a majority of them Star Wars is on the right track and the Mandalorian is a perfect example of that this show is amazing we get Bill Burr back who was phenomenal his acting is perfect for this role I didn't really care for his character in season one actually as a matter of fact the episode that he was in was my least favorite episode of the series but he comes in this episode and he almost makes it a favorite character for me we get to see more of Boba Fett. We got to see Slave One back in all of its glory. Din took his helmet off, showed some great character development, and hands down, the best sound effect in Star Wars, something we have not heard since Episode 2, we got to hear a seismic freaking charge. This episode had it all. I cannot wait for the future of this franchise. Alright, pulling back the reins a little bit, we'll jump into the episode more but we got to talk about all of the the pre-show stuff this episode was directed by rick famawea again i'm butchering that name i really need to learn how to pronounce it this is his third episode that he has directed for the mandalorian he did the child and also the prisoner chapter two and chapter six like i said earlier we got to see bill burr again reprise his role as migs mayfield Gina Carano, one of my favorites. Tamuera Morrison, obviously Boba. Again, another character that's becoming one of my favorites, Ming-Na Wen. We got to see Richard Brake play Valen Hess. And of course, our friend Giancarlo Esposito, who of course plays Moff Gideon. Our episode opens on the Carthen Chopfields, where we see Megs Mayfield taking apart a uh, TIE fighter, where he's serving his... 50-year sentence. At that point, we see Kara walk and tell him that we we need you. Come with me. And, of course, he's confused. They walk up to Slave 1, and Boba comes out of the ship. And for a minute, he's like, oh, my gosh, I thought you were somebody else. What was cool was Boba took a trip to Sherwin-Williams because he had brand-new paint on all his armor. I really thought that was cool. But, of course, Meg's was... His relief was short-lived as Din walks down the ramp. And, of course, he's like, ah, oh, crap. Did you come to kill me? I love I love Bill Burr's character and I love Bill Burr as an actor. If for some reason you don't know who he is, he is a he's originally a comedian. He's been a comedian for years. One of the best comedians I've ever heard. He is such a good actor and he 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 can play this serious role, but also at the same time he brings that Bill Burr esque acting and and it's just it's perfect when he asks when he asks Din if he's here to kill him and there's just like kind of that smug 
little bit in his voice. I, I thought that I thought that was perfect. And and this whole entire episode, he just kills it. But anyway, they tell they tell Megs that they need him because he is ex Imperial and he knows all the codes and all and, and and everything to to get past all of the Imperial guards and everything. Of course, he's kind of hesitant, but then they tell him they got Din's kid, and he's like, "Oh, the little guy. Okay, I'll go with you." That's where we get to see the inside of Slave One. We've seen it before, but not in this magnitude. And it was really cool that as it kind of props itself up, you kind of get that gyroscope effect of them sitting in the in the chair and, and having that gyroscope move with them. That was really cool and entertaining to see. Of course, they're looking for Moff Gideon's light cruiser. And Mayfield says it's way too hard to, to find him. So you might as well just take him back to the scrapyard. So Mayfield says that the only way they can get the coordinate the coordinates is if they they have to ask access an imperial terminal. So they have to go inside and actually do it in person. And he says the the uh, that he thinks that there is a base on Morak. Mando says that there's nothing on Morak, but Mayfield says it's it's secret. It's a it's a mining hub, and they should at least try it. Sure enough, Boba scans the planet and does find a mine and a base and where there are where they're mining Rhydonium. Basically it's like gas for Imperial starships. So as they land on Morak, they're kinda of trying to figure out they're they're figuring out a plan of what to do and how to get inside. And they start figuring out that everybody is wanted <laughs> by somebody, so they'll their genetic codes will be detected. And the best line in the whole episode was when Boba's like, yeah, they'll probably recognize my face. I did laugh out loud at that minute and had to explain my to my son and my wife that, yeah, he he's the he's the he's a clone basically. He's the his father was the clone template and and yeah, he'll be recognized. And then just comes down to Mando, and of course he said, well, I I, I guess I can go. And and everybody's like, well, you can't take your helmet off. What are you gonna do? And he's like, well. I don't have to take off my helmet, and later we see him in Stormtrooper armor. Again, we get more humor from Bill Burr as he's putting on the Stormtroopers armor that they just beat up and killed, or I don't know if they killed him, just beat him up, knocked him out, and took their armor, and Bill Burr's like, oh, this guy smelled so bad, his socks are sweaty, I, I loved it. Backing up a little bit, we get more character development from Din, because of course he is hesitant to take off his Mandalorian armor to put on the Stormtrooper armor, but Bill Burr says, if you don't do this, you can say goodbye to the little green guy. That really clicked for Mando, and he's like, uh, okay, I have no choice. I have to do this for him. I just love seeing the bond between him and Grogu and how much Grogu means to him that he he's willing to give up everything he believes to in order to save him. So as Mayfield and Mando are in the juggernaut full of Rhydonium, both of them are extremely cautious and, and nervous to, to drive it to the base. But here we are, driving it along a bumpy dirt road. And a really interesting point that Mayfeld makes is as they're driving along, they see what look to just be, I guess, natives of Morak. And they kind of just look like they're slaves to to whoever. They they just look like they're, they live in shacks and they have nothing. And he brings up a good point where he says, you know, to them, the Empire and the New Republic, they're the same people. They don't, they don't care who's the good guy and the bad guy. That To them, it's all the same. I thought that was a really strong kind of nod to, I guess, what's happening in today's society. You know, there, there's people who, who pick a side, whether it's, you know, I don't want to get political, but you know what I'm talking about. And, and But there's other people who are just like, you're all the same to me. Politicians are all the same. And 
And I really just, I love that line. Uh, he says that someone is always ruling the galaxy. After the entire trip of taking the, the Rhydonium, Din finally opens his mouth and after they're, you know, Mayfield's been talking to him and Din just looks at him and says, me and you are nothing alike. And Mayfield says, yeah, we are. Because rules start to change when things get desperate. And then that's when Mayfield asks Jarn uh, about the rule of, of his helmet if it's he can't take it off or he just can't show his face. And then he goes on to say that everybody's all the same because there is lines that they don't cross until things get messy. And again, probably referring to Din removing his armor to save Grogu. So as they're driving up to the base, they get attacked by pirates. And one of the pirates actually blow up one of the juggernauts carrying the Rhydonium. The pirates board their ship and they get on top of it. It's funny watching, instead of having like a side side mirrors and, and rear view mirrors like we have on cars, it's just like a, like a like a screen. That's just something I would never think about if I was directing or writing. I would just like, yeah, put rear view mirrors on it like a car. But that, that's just something I would never think about. I love how uh, Din's shooting at him and Mayfield's just yelling, I can't believe you're shooting a blaster. With a bunch of fuel that we're, we're, we're taking. What the heck are you doing? Now here's something I don't think I've ever seen in Star Wars. I know they I know that in like the Clone Wars they talked about their ammo supply and everything. But we actually get to see Mando run out of ammunition. So he does the classic, oh I'm out of ammo. I'm just going to throw my gun at the bad guy. And the, pi- and the pirate falls off and gets crushed by the giant wheels. Jaren uh, ends up with a spear and fights the last two with it. And that was really cool. The choreography there was spot on. Two of the pirates get Mando on the ground and they put a thermal detonator on the Rhydonium, one of the cargo carts. Of course, Mando's able to get free. He kicks both of them off, takes off the thermal detonator, throws it and blows up one of the crafts that the rest of the pirates were on. Not the rest of the pirates, but another group. And is at that moment where my favorite ship comes in. The two TIE fighters come in and clean up what's rest, what's left of the pirates. And then the rest of the stormtroopers at the base take take down the, the last 10 or so. That scene really kind of reminded me of episode two, a episode where uh, Rick directed the child, where after all the Jawa stole his parts off of Razorcrest, and he went onto the Sandcrawler and was trying to take him down, that was very... That those two scenes were very similar to me, so it was cool to see that from episode two, and then that in this that chase scene with with the with the gunfire and the fighting on a moving vehicle. That was that was really fun to see. Very well done. So as Mayfeld and Jaren get out of the Juggernaut, and they have they they they're welcomed by cheers and and sighs of relief. Kara and Fennec are watching from a ridge and seeing that they got inside safely. Now the new goal here is to get to the cafeteria and because Mayfeld believes that there is a network terminal in there. So we think, great, we're going to get in there. Mayfeld's going to get it done and everything. But then we figure out that the only way to unlock it is you need to have your face scanned. And Mayfeld looks past and sees Valen Hess, someone who he has dealt with before. And Mayfeld believes that Hess might recognize his face, which means Mando has to take off his helmet and go through the facial recognition. So a very nervous Din Djarin walks past all of the officers and stormtroopers. And as he plugs the, I, I'm calling it a USB drive, into the terminal, 
it tries to scan his face, but he's of course he's wearing his helmet, and it just keeps saying denied, denied. Finally, he takes off his helmet right in time before the network whole network shuts down. It scanned his face, and it lets him in. And of course, all of the confusion of why is this trooper trying to scan his face or scan his helmet? Valen comes over and asks where Jarn's designation is, and and Din just says he's a transport co-pilot. And then that's when Valen uh, asks for his TK number. Of course, he doesn't have one, so he kind of slips up. And that's when Mayfield comes over, cool as a cucumber, super confident, and says that he's the commanding officer, TK-593. He claims that he is an Imperial Combat Assault Transport Lieutenant, TK-111. Then he says that uh, that Din suffered a... Uh, a bunch of hearing damage when his ship lost pressure. So then Hess like basically just yells at him, totally trying to just mock him and just talk down to him the most I'm better than you way. And then we get the old, uh, the old, what's now going to be known as one of the most famous quotes from the show, Old Brown Eyes. That's what Mayfield says. Yeah, he can't hear us, so we just refer to him as Old Brown Eyes. So they try to try to get away from Valen, but Valen says, no, you're the ones who fought off the pirates and, and got our Rhydonium here. I want to have a drink with you guys. This is where you start to see Mayfeld has a past. And you can definitely tell that he's not proud of working for the Empire. You can tell that he's extremely passionate about the things that he did and witnessed and how much he just hates it. Mayfeld suggests that they toast to Operation Cinder. Where Valen said, yeah, that was a that was a hard day. And that he had to make uh, a bunch of unpleasant decisions. That's when Mayfeld says that you killed f- tens of thousands of people. And that's when Hess says that, you know, they, they're all heroes of the Empire. And, and you, can this, you can start telling that Mayfeld's just getting really mad and really upset. And then Mayfeld says that, you know, everybody that was, was killed was, was family. Mayfeld asks him if it was good for all the people who died, all the families. Mayfeld points out that the civilians died defending their homes and fighting for freedom. Then he asks Hess, was it good for them? This whole scene was just riveting. I mean, you you were on the edge of your seat and just hearing the passion in Bill Burr's voice as he's acting just really brought you to this place of just pure evil almost having all of these people die it is also at this moment where pedro pascal just really shows you how good of an actor he is we've only ever seen him with his helmet on with the exception of the season finale of, of season one but with his helmet off the camera points to him and he just does this tiny little subtle nod of disapproval to mayfield like you're gonna get us in trouble don't do this it was the tiniest nod and i caught it probably the third time watching this episode and i was like holy crap that is some amazing acting i don't know if that was scripted i don't know if that was he was told to do that but it was just like wow that that little nod right there said a thousand words he didn't need to say anything just something i thought that was really cool so as Mayfield's anger is building up, he finally just shoots him, which of course starts a mess and <laughs> they start getting pursued by a bunch of troopers. As they're climbing out the window, I love that Fennec and Kara are just sitting there sniping all of the troopers trying to get at them. As they get on top of the roof and running away, and again, Fennec and Kara are just shooting shooting all of them as they're running. 
Slave 1 flies in, and both Din and Mayfeld jump in to Slave, and both of them get away. We get to see one of the coolest explosions that I've ever seen in all in Star Wars, and that's when Mayfeld pulls out a sniper rifle and shoots one of the storage tanks for the Rhydonium, and the entire base blows up. Now, I say that was one of the coolest explosions until 10 seconds later, when two TIE fighters come at him, and then Slave with absolutely the coolest weapon for any speeder or ship or starfighter we get to see a seismic charge which destroys both tie fighters it was amazing i watched it 20 times and then me and my wife went to costco and vizio had a sale or costco had a sale on a vizio soundbar with a subwoofer of course we had to buy it i put it in and watched it another 20 times on my new soundbar and holy crap am i in love not only with the soundbar but getting to hear the seismic charge again after, I don't know, when Attack of the Clones came out. Well, like 2003, 2004. We're talking like 15 years we have not heard a seismic charge and we get to hear one in The Mandalorian. And I, I, I'm, this show is making me run out of act adjectives to describe to describe how I feel about the show and how I feel about this and when I record on Tuesday with my brother it's going to be the same thing I just run out of things to say I'm just so overwhelmed with how amazing the show is and hearing a seismic charge again just really brought back all of that first emotion that I heard when I was 15 years old in the movie theater hearing that for the first time just my head exploding because it was so incredible to hear, and we get to hear it again. That's why I love Star Wars, and I'm going to, every episode, at least once, just talk about how much I love Star Wars, and this is why they do this. I believe that John Favreau and Dave Filoni, they just know the fans so well, and, and I think so many fans were disappointed with the original. Say what, say what you want about, about 7, 8, and 9. I think a lot of fans were disappointed, and I think that Favreau and Filoni saw that and they're just like, you know what, let's just make a show that it, it, it listens to its fans. It gives the fans what they want. And and this show has been nothing but give the fans what they want. Everything that's been in this show has been something that I have wanted. Something that, you know, Clone Wars was such a good thing and Rebels was such a good thing. But this is giving me so much more. The live action has just made it so much more i will always love clone wars and rebels and they will always be have a special place in my heart but the mandalorian is really helping me remember why i became a huge star wars fan and where my love of star wars began and i just know with all these new shows that we're getting and with season three of mandalorian and we also got a sneak peek into something else that i'll talk about in the next uh, episode spoiler alert we're getting a boba fett series it just really goes to show you how if you Get some people who are so passionate about a project and you, they bring it in to make more projects and share it with the world. It just, nothing but good is going to come out of it. The thing that I'm seeing with Mandalorian compared to The Last Jedi, let's say, you have people who love Last Jedi and you have people who hate it. I'm not going to tell you where I stand. That's for another episode. But with Mandalorian, you don't really have that. Sure, you have one or two people being critical of it but for the most part overwhelmingly you're having people say nothing but good things for this and nothing but praise and and 
and just pure joy out of this series. And it's because you have people like Filoni and, and Favreau who love what they are doing. They're bringing on these directors who love what they're doing and who love Star Wars. And you can tell that they love Star Wars. It's just, it's so great to be a Star Wars fan. And as crappy as 2020 has been, man, has this made up for it. Again, I can't wait to see more. And I'm so glad I have a podcast and a voice to where I can, as small as it may be, I'm just so glad that I have a voice and 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 a tiny, tiny, tiny network to where I can share my obsession with this show and with Star Wars to you guys. I love it. And something as simple as a seismic charge brought back all of this and made me think of all of this and how much I love Star Wars. As the team reunites in the forest, of course, Mayfield thinks that he's going to back to the scrap heap and and to serve out the rest of his 50 years. And I love that. And I love that Carr was like, ah, oh, man, it's such a shame that Mayfield died in the explosion. And Jaren's like, what? And then he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's too bad that he died. Meaning that Mayfeld is is a dead man. He doesn't have to go back to to prison and, and back to the to the scrap heap to finish out a sentence. I thought that was I thought that was a really cool gesture on Kara's part. The episode ends with a hologram of Jaren saying that you have something I have and there's nothing that he won't do to get him back. And I, I love again just the passion that Jaren has for Grogu. And I, I loved it. And you could actually see that Gideon was like a little bit scared of this, which I thought was a, a really cool, like, okay, yeah, I, I, I think I've, I think I'm this big tough guy, but really, you know, I'm not. So I just went online because I wanted to look at the exact quote of what Din said because I loved it. But he says, Moff Gideon, you have something that I want. You may think you have some sort of idea what you are, what you are in possession of, but you do not. Soon he will be back with me. He means more to me than you will ever know. I love that line. It was such a powerful line and such something that, again, I make comments all the time about being a dad. There's nothing that I won't do for my son. And then when my daughter gets here in February, there's absolutely nothing that I won't do for them. It just shows you how much Grogu has become such a part of Mando's life. And then that's when the episode ends and we are... A week away at the time from the season finale of course now present day we're two days from the season finale and again i'll talk about it more on tuesday but again i love star wars and it makes me feel so happy and i'm so passionate about this i'm so passionate about wanting to share this with you guys and again i go on tangents all the time like this and i, I just feel like a, I, I sound like a broken record but i really just i love it I love Star Wars, and I cannot wait to see where the future of this franchise goes. I think for today we're going to skip the uh, trivia where I read from Wikipedia because I really couldn't find anything with significance to kind of dive into. I think I talked about it before, but I think when I start my YouTube channel, I want to start doing like a podcast where I do a deep dive, and I just have you guys pick a subject for me. Maybe like a good example would be I just go on Wikipedia and, and type in lightsabers and we just do a deep dive where I click hyperlinks and just read things. I think it'd be a really fun visual, but also be really good in podcast form to do that. So today, no trivia. So we'll just close out with a little bit of Easter eggs that I found. We got to see 
something that I never thought would start to be one of my favorite things, but we got to see another Adat crane that we got to see back in episode two, I think, of season two. Of course, we have Rhydonium, which we got to see Sabine use a ton in Rebels, blowing stuff up. Uh, we heard a little bit about the ISB, which is the Imperial Security Bureau, which was uh, big in Rebels because Agent Callus was the head of them at the time. I'm going to throw Slave 1 in there. This is now the second episode that we've seen it, but it got a new paint job along with Boba's armor. I also, I don't think this is really an Easter egg for Star Wars, but when Mayfeld talked about TPS reports, that's just your typical, like, office, like, oh, I got to do those TPS reports. Uh, the rifle that Mayfeld used to blow up the Rhydonium is the same gun that, uh, like, Tusken Raiders use, and it was the same gun in Phantom Menace when Anakin... Anakin's pod racer was shot that was a cycler rifle and last but not least the seismic charge that's going to be I already talked about it before but it wouldn't be a complete easter egg segment if I didn't talk about seismic charges so ending this episode I'm sorry maybe if it felt kind of rushed or unorganized like I said I'm just I was just it's been two weeks I'm trying to get the episode out and uh, I just I'm really pumped to talk about the season finale with my brother and I just really wanted to get this episode out if you enjoy listening to me and you haven't listened to any other of my episodes, I have broken down every single episode so far from The Mandalorian Season 2. If you've enjoyed me, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at Brandon Kalos. You can follow the show at SarlaccPod. Earlier, I mentioned a YouTube channel. I am starting one the start of the year where I am doing just basically all of my hobbies thrown into one. And I will definitely be doing a lot of Star Wars, whether it's playing the old republic i would like to start a series where i play as a bounty hunter also i want to replay battlefront 2 as a video or stream it on twitch i haven't decided which and one of the top things on my list for christmas this year is squadrons so i'll definitely be playing that hopefully make some videos for you guys that's gonna do it for me i will see you next week before Christmas, but if for some reason I don't get it out before Christmas, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and I'll see you guys in a little bit.